Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us today is our friend, Melissa Lee. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 61, which starts with Frodo turning to Sam and saying, Sam, he'll come, he'll be here, talking about Gandalf, and ends with us seeing Aragorn for the first time, but he's not named yet. He's named as Strider. Yeah. Well, it's not the first time we see him. It's like the the very dramatic pipe with the eyes and under the hood and everything. Which, which is like right out of the book. That's yeah. the way we first see Strider in the book as well. And uh, it, it's really awesome that they try to keep the character introductions as close as they can to how they came out of the book mm-hmm. when it comes to most of them. Mary and Pippin's obviously very different. Except Tom Bombadil. Except Tom Bombadil. <laughs> But we already talked about that. Yes. I could have talked longer. <laughs> I know. This minute, this minute's interesting. It's the first minute in the bar in Bree, in the, in the Prancing Pony. This is where the very famous It Comes in Pints line is. Yeah, I think this. I think that's my favorite line in this movie. In the whole movie? In the whole movie. It Comes in Pints. I mean... <laughs> You've got character bias there. Yeah. <laughs> Pippin just sounds so intensely amazed, but he's from relatively close to Bree compared to other hobbits. But I don't think it... Has he just never come out here? Because, like, last week when they enter the the pub, um, they look very in awe. Yeah. So none of them have ever been out to Bree? Yeah. Well, what reason have they needed to? I mean, I suppose that's true. They probably got there in pubs back in the Shire. Yeah. I mean, they got the, the what is the, it, green, the dag- green Dragon? Green Dragon. Yeah. I suppose they got their, their Hobbit Ale. Yeah. They got the Stinky Foot or whatever. The Stinky they're probably Foot. Like, they're probably super beer snobs. They're probably like, oh, ours is so much better than yours. Yeah. They're probably, like like I said, they're probably like microbrew hipsters. Oh, there's not enough hops in this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me out. So, do you think, like, the microbrew hipsters in middle... I'm sorry, I'm on a tangent already. Um, Like, so Hobbiton is, like, like West Coast beer snob, and then Brie is, like, more, like, what, like, Midwest beer snobs? Maybe. I don't really know. I just figured that, like, all craft beer snobbery is about hops. It depends. It's regional. Yeah, then they have their like reviews over hops. They're like, "Oh, this is too hoppy or not hoppy enough." Yeah, yeah. Because like San Diego, where I'm from originally, like we are all about hops. Got to put that hair on your chest. <laughs> Beer's bitter enough without hops. Eh. Without additional hops, I should say. <laughs> Doesn't need more. I want to be able to taste something. It comes in pints. I don't know. I say that at least once a week. I feel like that's probably that's probably accurate. I don't know. You live with me. Do I say that at least once a week? Fairly often. Let's <laughs> say it's a common occurrence. It registers on some sort of scale. Yeah. On a scale of one to Pippin, how excited are you about the fact that it comes in pints? Right. He 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 really does. He sounds so awestruck. Like he's just like he's seen a magic trick for the first time. 
Well, I like that the scale of it too, because it looks enormous, but a pint is only 16 ounces. Yeah. So they're, they're used to having like tiny little cups of beer. Right. And that's probably like a liter and a half for like a two liter mug that someone went and found. Yeah. Because apparently that wasn't like a part of the script for the day. It was like Billy Boyd and Dominic McGuanahan were just like, hey, we have a cool idea. Ad-libbing. Hey, we have a great idea. And like they brought it up to the director that day. Mm -hmm. And he just like ran with it and they sent someone to go find a big mug. That's awesome. Just like walking into the novelty mug store. Yeah. (laughs) Give me the biggest mug you have. Oh, that's too big. I don't need that one. (laughs) (laughs) It says like number one dad on the back. (laughs) No, no, it needs to just be like a pewter mug. It just needs to be like the size of my head. It's like the mug you take in on like free slushy day. Yeah. Right. On Slurpee day. Yeah. Seven Eleven. Whatever size you want, ninety nine cents or whatever. No, yeah. it's free Slurpee day. Free Slurpee day, <laughs> and you can fill whatever receptacle you. So no, that's desire. a different day. Oh. Free Slurpee day, you get the dinky tiny oh. baby cups. Sad. Yeah. I want a pint Slurpee. But if you live in like a city with like seven Seven Elevens within like a fifteen minute drive, you can just hit up each one, which I totally have never done before. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I tried to convince a friend to like drive an hour with me to get a free slushie, and he was like, "Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that's a false economy." <laughs> he he doesn't have his priorities in order. No. Right? Go for the slushy, then just, like, hang out in the area and find something to do. Yeah. Exactly. You make a day of it. Yeah. <laughs> make a day out of free slushy day. <laughs> um, With this minute, like, with the the pint thing, I kind of feel like they're, um, you know, kids away from home for the first time. Yeah. They're, like, finally told, like, oh, you can have that big one because there's no adult stopping you. Yeah. Is there that coming of age point? Well, they're like, it's like your first week at college. (laughs) Like you go off to university and you just, or like the first, the like the first week you're 21, you like go out to a bar and you're just like, oh man. Look, look at everything I can destroy my body with. Yeah. Everything (laughs) the light touches is your kingdom. (laughs) Except for the tequila. Oh, (laughs) that is a dark place. (laughs) We do not go there. Yes. (laughs) So let's talk about Aragorn. I mean, we can talk about a bunch of Aragorn right now, or we can keep talking about him throughout the week and next week and the rest of the movie. I mean, he's kind of. I always want to talk about Aragorn. Viggo Mortensen's pretty awesome, and it's really hard to imagine anybody else's Aragorn. Yeah. Although they certainly tried. Yeah. Well, Melly, because you specifically requested uh, Aragorn's first appearance, um, do you want to talk a little bit about why you were drawn to the character, or why you um, like the character? Well, I think it's more about like when you first hear him speak, which is like in two days, three days, yeah, Something like that. Yeah, so it's more about just like he talks in a whisper a lot, and that's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> whispering all sexy like yeah like the first time the first time you hear from him like first he's all dark and broody like in this minute and then the first you hear of him he's like all whispery and like you know 
Um, and then, then he goes on to be like, cool. Like, if he turned out to be a douchebag then, then he would have been like, oh. But then he, like, just keeps on, like, getting better. Like, you don't have the whole reveal at once. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of like, uh, it gets you intrigued. Yeah, apparently, um, Philippa Boynes and Fran Walsh on the writer and director commentary talk a little bit about that. About thinking of whether or not they should extend, like, the mystery of Strider, whether or not he's really on their side or, like, really a good person or anything. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, they decided, like, to only let it go for a couple of, like, two, three minutes and then be like, yeah, no, he's totally on you guys' side. Yeah. Instead of, like, dragging it on for, like, pages and pages, which is, like, what their original treatment of him as a character was, kind of, I guess. I don't... I mean, this movie is already, like, almost four hours long. (laughs) We're, like an hour into the movie and we're just meeting a like very important character uh, yeah i mean arguably the like the second most important protagonist yeah well because frodo is the most important third i would say third you think gandalf's more important oh sam sam frodo sam aragorn yeah i don't know i would say sam's third oh aragorn I mean, doesn't have his own time sam there. doesn't have a book named after his plot thread yeah what were you saying I was just saying he does have his own timeline, his own, like, story. Yeah, that's true. And uh, Aragorn's story is tied up in a lot of the deeper mythos and not really tied up in things that we ever really see, even in this movie. Yeah. The whole Shards of Narsil thing. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll we'll talk about it. (laughs) Eventually. In the new year. In the new year. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what day exactly we're going to get to the Council of Elrond. I mean, I know, but I don't want to look at my schedule right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know in theory it's going to be next year sometime. Yes. Before July. (laughs) There you go. That's a a good timeline. Before July. Narrowing it down. Because that's what we're going to be finishing, right? Is like in July? Yeah. Oh boy, oh boy. With like eight weeks of credits. (laughs) You could talk more about Tom Bombadil then. Yeah, like I'll rant about all kinds of stuff during the credits. <laughs> I'll ramble. I'll have like short little ten minute episodes. Yeah, it's cool. I wonder if we can find any members of the cast in the in the uh, the fan club credits and stuff. Yeah, we are. We gotta look for them. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if any like famous people are in there. I should look. We we should look that up and like be ready for that, and then try to find them. I mean, I tried, but then I got really bored after the first two minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. We'll just talk about cool stuff. I like the music in Brie. Yeah. It's very, um, I mean. It's kind of threatening. Yeah, it's threatening. And th- and that really started last week with like the kind of threatening Brie music. Yeah, yeah. And like the rain. With the, yeah, with the rain and the people shoving them in the street and everything. Yeah, the, the, the gritty realism in this like fantasy world. Right. That's what like Brie represents. They talk a little bit about the color palette across uh, all these scenes in the Prancing Pony mm-hmm. in the commentaries as well, and how they like just turned up the green a little bit to give you a sense of like queasy uneasiness. Interesting. So like the, they just like digitally increased the green and let other colors fade a little bit. I guess you can't really tell a whole bunch because you're coming from a lot of blues and cooler dark tones from. Yeah. You know, them fleeing the Black Rider and them running in the rain and everything. And then yeah. you, you enter the pub and it's all, like, really warm tones. Yeah. 
So. With like the firelight. Yeah. But nothing quite looks right. Yeah, everything's very askew. Well, they're uneasy. And we see. Yeah. Yeah. And we see the big rigs for the second time yeah. in the movie so far. <laughs> the the people on stilts with the fake hands under big oversized clothes. Can you imagine walking in the woods and then instead of Shia LaBeouf, it's a guy on stilts with giant hands? <laughs> Apparently there was only a couple of... <laughs> Sorry. Actual cannibal. Actual cannibal big rig? <laughs> uh, I think that's a Stephen King story. <laughs> Stilt man. Well, no, like a truck. Oh, like Mad Max. I think what's it called? Um, there's like a Stephen King story about a guy that gets like run off the road by like a possessed truck or something. Oh, and like the whole isn't there like a maximum overdrive? Car? I think that's a Stephen King story. I think maximum overdrive. Mm. And then Christine is like the cur- is the cursed car. It's like an old like Chevy Bel Air or something, or like an Oldsmobile. Maybe I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I don't know. I'm a. I'm... It could be a Buick even. I don't really remember. I've but Christine read... is like an old car that like hates people. I've never read any Stephen King. Yeah, they're not bad. He's a pretty decent horror writer. Yeah, because horror is not my thing. He he pumps out a lot of stuff, so like most of it is kind of average, and then there's a few like shining examples that are like really good. <laughs> shining examples. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Salem's Lot is probably his best horror book, in my opinion. Salem's Lot's fantastic. Mm. That's the only one I've but read. It It's a really good read, and the movie is only kind of so-so. That's cool. But this is not Stephen King, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I uh, I get lost on tangents. No, I know. Really easy. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the big rigs, there's only, only a handful of actors or, like, extras actually operated them because they needed to be pretty small for the effect to work properly. Yeah. So just like last week, the big rigs that we see here are like a five foot tall gymnast in these things. That's really fun. That's really like, ironic. Her name is Rebecca Fitzgerald. And she works for Weta. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because they had that, um, there's a little uh, behind the scenes thing about the big rigs. Yeah. And they only use them a handful of times because the effect falls apart if you look at it too long. Yeah. So it's because their arms don't look like they're, they're like bending kind of right. weird dangly arms. Yeah. They're like weird dangly arms, and their legs don't really move. <laughs> Just like, so it falls apart really quick if the camera is focusing on them at all. Need I don't need. No, that's pretty much this whole minute. Did you have anything else for this minute, Melly? Not really. I was just gonna say, like, my favorite part, other than you know, it comes in pints, is probably that like Sam just like is gesturing with cheese, like. Like a oh, hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> he points at Aragorn in the corner with a little block of cheese. <laughs> yeah. Just like angrily This is that guy's been staring at you all night. He's just shaking the cheese he just took a bite out of. I like that whenever Sam's really uncomfortable, he just starts comfort eating. Yeah, he like he stress eats. Yeah. Like when they're trying to make camp and he isn't sleeping, he just starts nomming on bread. I wonder if part of that was also like, all right, you need to keep eating, Sean, so Aww. you stay chubby. <laughs> you got to work for it. <laughs> all right. You're gonna, we're going to work on your endurance, but you need to eat more than everybody else. <laughs> you need to you need to keep that tummy. <laughs> he just slaps his abdomen and just walks away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Just like Peter Jackson rubbing Sean Astin's tummy. This has got to stay all 18 months, Sean. You got to keep this. <laughs> That's weird. That's uncomfortable. Or like whatever, whoever their personal trainer was. Like, we're not going to lose this. <laughs> They're just like forcing him to eat under um, supervision. They're like, if the camera's rolling and you're eating, we know you're eating. <laughs> Right, like they made him eat those sausages he was just carrying around a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I wonder if they ate the 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 all the meat that they were cooking. For or maybe that. Sean did. There's <laughs> like bacon and sausage patties and stuff. All right, protein up, man. Protein. <laughs> it's like ew, protein shake. Ew. <laughs> we're gonna put this in a blender. And you're gonna drink it. That's right. Poor Have she- your sausage shake. Ew. I think the issue That's there disgusting. is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just put a bunch of syrup in it. Little, That'll fix it. Ew. A little Tabasco. <laughs> I think we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's so gross. You can find us online at duelinggenre.com. <laughs> Email us, contact at lordoftheringsminute.com, Twitter at L-O-T-R Minute, Tumblr, L-O-T-R Minute.tumblr.com. You can find us on Facebook. You should leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can find my lovely co-host, Cassandra, as well as Scott and Nick, hosting other podcasts on Dueling Genre, including The Doctor's Companion, where the three of them talk about classic Who. And New Who. And New Who. Scott and Nick host Back to the Future Minute, which is coming back in the new year. Yeah, January 2nd. For part three which is my favorite. The three of them also work on Geek by Night, a fictional audio drama about a bunch of nerds that run a comic book shop and get superpowers. And the third minute podcast on Dueling Genre is Harry Potter Minute, Mm -hmm. which is in its fifth week today. Yeah. Exciting. I remember when we were in our fifth week. I don't. (laughs) And now we're in our... 13th? It's interesting comparing that movie to this movie because they're moving so much faster. But I remember yes. that movie being long. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it. I Yeah, I haven't. I've only seen the Harry Potter movies each once, except I think I caught Chamber of Secrets on TV as a rerun one time. Oh, man, we got a marathon. We should. You can support us on Patreon at duelinggenre.com slash support. We also have a one-time donation button. And... Merchandise, hopefully in the store soon. Yeah. For Christmas. Get yep. your Christmas merch. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. And as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. Have a great Monday. Thank you for uh, joining us today, Millie. Yes, thank you. No way. I was just speeding through the one rundown there. Yeah. <laughs> and have a good Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.